I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the AI Comic Pod. This is episode 53. We are finally, and this has been a very, very long time coming, talking about Thor Ragnarok. Um, joining me as always is the one and only Stu Brisson. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, mate. Yeah. Have, the, have the drugs resided a little bit? You were feeling a bit emotional on Twitter the other day about our yeah, two-year anniversary. I'm kind of coming off them, so I'm, I'm on a bit of a come down, so I'm back to being a miserable cunt again. Yeah, I saw that might happen. We are expletives about 12 seconds in. That's quite impressive, <laughs> even for you. Um, we've also got a first time guest, which is, which is great. I'd say, crazily enough, this might be the first time this year we could say that. No, Ali, Ali, don't forget Ali. Sorry. Um, but we don't do this often enough. So, um, we've got a guy who's been a big supporter of ours, um, interacts with us loads. Um, from my personal opinion, got really good taste in, in all things film and um, comics and music and, and everything. We interact a lot on Twitter. Um, it's Simon Dowling, uh, known as Hefty Horse on Twitter. Um, how you doing, mate? You okay? Well, yeah, I'm very, very, very honoured to be here. And thank you both so much for having me on the pod. It's a pleasure. Oh, mate, it's we can confirm pleasure. he's neither Hefty nor a horse. <laughs> <laughs> so it is just a clever name. I'm not. It is. <laughs> Bojack Horseman or, or anything. I'm, I'm not I'm a man with a horse face. That's what I imagine. Don't worry. Yeah, that's what we've got. That's what I've got in my head, man. I, I do. I do. Or I've got some kind of Father Ted scene where there's some kind of horse in there. There's something in there. My lovely horse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Someone throwing sugar lumps over me. Yeah, that's me. That's what I did. That's what they know me as over here in Ireland. <laughs> I don't think I can keep my composure now. Um, I'm just going to go off and I'll leave you to it, and I'm going to go and watch that episode of Father Ted and just be happy for the rest of the for the week, for the month, for the year. No, we're here for good reason. Uh, we're here to talk about Thor Ragnarok, but because it's um, first time having you on, and we do this very infrequently nowadays, we are doing our legendary quiz 
uh, as always, we're extremely prepared. We came up with these questions approximately 12 minutes before the podcast happens. Um, Stu, you've got the questions, man. Would you like to do the honours? I have, right. Now, we've tried to go easy on this one because we've only seen the film like once or twice. And it's yeah, a it's a bit cruel. Because, yeah. And as much as anything, it's really hard making quiz questions for a film that you've only seen once. So thankfully, Google's helped me out. <laughs> so we'll start yeah. with a um, start with an easy one. Um, question one: What does Fire Lord Serta reveal is the secret to his power? Mm. Anyone? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, this isn't a good start. Gags, gags one and a half. Gags is feeling today. confident. Already. <laughs> oh, feeling confident. Uh, it's his crown. Still nothing. The, the uh, secret if you don't know, you yeah, know. yeah, sorry, yeah, no. Okay. okay. Question number two. When Thor is walking around on Earth, what does he disguise Mjolnir as? Umbrella. Correct, yes. he does. There we go. Right, so you only need half a point and then Gags is your bitch. Can I get half a point <laughs> if I know what it was in the in the comic books, or is that just me being really, really cheeky? No, um, you being I just want to beat Gags. You, okay. you, sorry, you've got plenty no, of time. That's really I'm, I'm pretty sure right. you will. Okay. Um, question three. What is the name of Korg's friend who he carries around even when he thinks he's dead? George. I'm going to say George. Nope, it's Meek. M-I-E-K, Meek. Might be the accent. You're getting really confused there, <laughs> but we'll move yeah. on. <laughs> okay. Um, now this is one of Rory's ones, so you can, you know, hashtag film wanker. Uh, oh, question Jesus. four: Name one <laughs> film which Taika Waititi has previously directed. What we do in the shadows? No, no, no. Well, that's not the question, dude. But. <sighs> Yeah, that's an answer. Um, the question was, which Stu has clearly not read, is name a film that Taika Waititi has previously directed. Uh, what's her name? What's the actress? Uh, Rachel House, who plays Topaz, one of the body. Oh, uh, I know that, though. That's uh, Hunt for the Wildebeest. There you go. Well, well there you go. go. Close enough, Hunt for the Wildebeest. There you people, go. But, yeah, put... we'll take the Wildebeest. Oh, wilder... The Wildebeest, <laughs> sorry. The Wildebeest. <laughs> I'm not sure why I didn't run with that title. Um, That's actually, yeah, I only just realised that one. As I was saying, I was like, that doesn't sound right, does it? (laughs) She's also an eagle versus shark. Um, Yeah, we'll give you that, man. Yeah, one point for that, so you're on to last question. Question five, what does Thor have to say in order to activate the Quinjet? Um, Who who is the strongest Avenger? I know, that's what he says to not activate it. Yeah. Little bit of a clue. Uh, it's an Easter egg for the first Avengers film. It's something that Tony Stark calls Thor when he meets him. Uh, you'll kick yourself. I remember. I know. Uh, no, blanking. It's Point Break. Ah. Uh, but yeah. you're right. He does. He says like strongest yeah. Avenger and stuff like that, and God of Thunder. Yeah. Um, you go through a whole long list of things. Yeah. Okay. Um, we always ask you, you don't qualify for the bonus question, but we always ask it you anyway, just to see if you okay. know it. Now, this is a bit of a dick question. Um, <laughs> when they're on it's the... not as bad as how many T's in Scott Pilgrim. I'll never forgive you for that. No. 
<laughs> you were asking for that one. That was, um, yeah. What is Valkyrie's scrapper number? So she's referred to yeah. by, a, uh, uh, by the Grandmaster as scrapper number something. 210. Not a million miles away, 142. Not bad. Well, I got two. That's you bad. got two, you got so you still beat Gags. Yeah, like we, we like we said, man. A lot of yeah. the things you go, shit. I knew that. I know, right? yeah. You know, but equally, yeah. equally, if you don't know, you don't know it, and it's weird what sticks in your head and what doesn't. And yeah, that's I, fine, I only would have got it's two fine. of them. I only would have got the first two, the crown and the umbrella, because I couldn't remember what Meek's name was. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Even though I was, I I was thinking yeah. about it earlier. I know it's one of those. That I, even when you said it to me on text, I, I still read it and can't, I can't quantify <laughs> it in my head. Yeah, it's weird, right? isn't it? So. Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, I don't know how this is performed at the box office, but I know it started exceptionally well, Stu. You're usually the man for this, but. Bloody hell. I've just had a quick look. Um, last global, 833.2 million. Jesus Christ. Wow. Off, off a budget film. of 180. That's, that's mad. That's gotta be putting it in the top 10. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be pretty high, man, because I know neither of the previous Thor films, I don't think maybe one of the Iron Man films grossed really, really well. Um, but I don't think Winter Soldier came out or Civil War as high as we expected it to. I think they did pretty well, I think, but that's that's pretty exceptional. Um, that's crazy. And I would, I would say yeah, that's, that's a lot high. to do with, actually, the gross for Civil War is over a billion dollars. Um, 1.15 billion, um, which is mad. Um, I think the hype on this one is, is the key difference because it was a trilogy that was, let's be honest, kind of fizzling out and going nowhere. Um, I think we've, we've both talked about on, on regular occasions too that the first two, the first had its merits, um, but we didn't like certain aspects of it, particularly one woman who makes your list. Uh, the chemistry yeah. between those. Um, I'm just having. But... A, sorry to jump in. I'm just having a quick look at the worldwide box office. Okay, so sure. Ragnarok now is just below uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. It's not far off Guardians of the Galaxy two. It's above Doctor Strange. It's above Ant-Man. It's made more than Guardians 1, Winter Soldier. Um, it's it's going to make a lot more than Justice League, isn't it? <clears throat> it's made more than a, a, more than half of the films in the MCU so far. Yeah. Uh, Broken over a billion, you've got Avengers, <clears throat> Iron Man 3, Age of Ultron, which is 1.4 billion. And then Jesus Civil, Civil War is 1.1. Avengers, wow. the first one, was 1.5. So the two I'd... Avengers films between them is just shy of three billion dollars global. I reckon the next one's going to do two I billion think, on its yeah, own. Yeah, I was going to say that. Crazy. Yeah. Last it time I saw it, it was about five or six, and I thought it'd stop at about seven, which is still like a hundred and fifty million more than any of the other yeah. four films, I think. So they, yeah. they will be so so pleased with that. Yeah. Well, that's I great mean, news. Of course they will, because uh, like we like I was briefly saying, it it is. A trilogy that was kind of on its arse. A little bit, yeah, yeah. on its arse, man. He, I mean, he was always a great character, and everyone loved him in the Avengers and those elements. Obviously, Loki as well, who's, who's the villain that everyone um, has all that adulation for. But, but the, the, the solo films themselves just kind of didn't have much purpose or direction, and felt a little bit lost. 
Um, and this is this is a left field a move to appoint a director since James Gunn obviously um, did Guardians because you're taking a director who came off the back of a really small independent group of films um, has had no real taste of Hollywood um, and he's obviously got a very interesting quirk and an interesting approach to things but it's not someone conventional and I think what we always talk about is that that the Marvel are now at a point where they can take these risks and, and they seemingly give the directors a lot more license. I mean, this film, Stu, felt like a proper director's film, like we said Guardian was. Yeah. Um, if you've seen any of the, the behind-the-scenes footage of Taika Waititi, and you've only got to look at the way he dresses, he's really extravagant. <laughs> he's got a really good back-and-forth with Hemsworth and Ruffalo. And it does look like they've just put him in a room and given him a, a pile of money and just gone, you know what, do it however you see fit. You know, there the, the doesn't seem to have been any meddling with time constraints or any casting forced on him or any silly editing that people have really picked up on. He seems to have just had complete free reign to do whatever he wanted. And and it's don't forget, this is mostly an original story as well. They've adapted aspects of, of Planet Hulk but only about a quarter of the story is probably taken from that. The rest of it is all off their, the tops of their heads. So it's not like they've even yeah. had, you know, a, a huge wealth of, of comic material to go to, like Winter Soldier, for example. It's not like they've taken it and done a really faithful adaptation of it. It's mostly just no, made it's... up, and it, but it's a, it seems like a logical conclusion. And I remember saying when we did our Logan review, mm-hmm. Thor and Logan have both got the films that they finally deserved. Yeah, their, I agree. Their, their third solo outings. They both finally, after disappointing releases, they finally got the film where you can go, right, if they don't make another Thor film now, at least we've got one really good, really faithful depiction of Thor that you can sort of hang your hat on and go, you know what, that's what Thor's like, that's what Logan's like. Whereas the other ones had all had that. You know, we've had a good Iron Man, we've had really three good Captain Americas. So yeah. it's, it's oh, we o- have had three really good Captain Americas. And yeah. it, it, it's mm-hmm. only fair that, that Thor, you know, one of the major Avengers, he's been there since, you know, the very formation of the MCU. It's about time he had a film that people could be proud of. And he must be more happy than anyone to finally have a film that people are talking about and not ragging on for having shit villains and a shit love interest and a shit story and, you know, it, it's a complete Thor film. There's obviously little niggly bits about it you could pick up on, but off the Oof, top of my head, I, right. I can't. I can't think of anything that I would say. No, I, 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 I don't have anything. Did something. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> it's going to be too positive. Just to kind of pick up from there, I think this is the film that we finally see Thor as. Uh, you know, actually, it feels like he's more, just a lot more evolved and open. Whereas I feel like in the first two films. Hemsworth is just kind of maybe just held back through not through no fault of his own, I'm sure, but it feels like he's actually been able to just be it's put a lot more of him into the film and I think that really comes forward and he's he's a fantastic actor and he's fucking hilarious. I didn't realize he was that like because I was thinking before like Thor, he's pretty he kind of has little bits. But in this film, he's full on. He's just hilarious. So dry yeah. as well sometimes. But 
he has he's, he does he's it so well. very underrated for his comedy timing. You know, we, yeah. we I think he's I Robert think he's stepped Jr. it up. Yeah. He, he's really come on leaps and bounds, but that's what he needed. I, exactly, I completely agree with you, mate. It, Thor has been very, very dry, very, very literal, and they've always leaned on the mythology, haven't they? You know, Lucky talks a bit funny, and you know he, he's talking <laughs> in mythology and what have you. But now they've just been yeah. able to really just let him, let him go. And there's definitely more Hemsworth in this performance than we've ever had, and that's got to be down to the writing and the director because. If Marvel have given Waititi the free reign, he he presumably has passed that on to his cast and said, you know what, go and have fun. You know, Ruffalo, take it away. You know, Kate Blanchett, <laughs> I just want you to just do what you do. Bring your presence onto the screen rather than shackling them all down. I've just, just looked it up because I read quite a few things when it came out that he'd kind of gone away and done films which suited that kind of comedy element. So as much as it's a bad film and I had to sit through it because my little boy's a massive Ghostbusters fan, um, he's the best part about that film by, by a yeah. significant margin. Um, and he's he's given quite a lot of free reign in there because they're four mm. uh, comedians who do something Night Live. And, and, you I was know, just going to say, it, it must be hard to not pick up yeah. comedy timing from people who are regulars on Saturday Night Live. You know, it's one of the... Yeah, if you, you hang comedy. out That's with true, yeah. Christian Vegan and, and um, I can't remember the other blonde who's in it, who's really funny. Um, Christian Wig. Uh, Christian, yeah, Christian Wig and then the, the other one who's in Ghostbusters, I can't remember her name, who does a lot of Saturday Night Live. It's quite prominent. I know the one you um, mean. I'm going to have to... Yeah, I know. Melissa, I can't remember Not Melissa name, McCarthy, yeah. who's more yeah. slapstick kind of humour. The blonde um, one, yeah. Yeah. Kate but they're, they're really funny and, and they he clearly kind of took elements of that. Um, I think what made me a little bit sick is I just looked him up and he's 34 years of old age and he's a year oh old and he just looks like infinitely better than I <laughs> I used to ever. look like Chris Hemsworth yeah. when I was 34. Yeah, that a year what? ago. That, that's what, <laughs> that, that, two years ago. Give me some credit. Two years. Yeah, two I'm years 34 ago. and You've I definitely re- don't look a thing like him. Okay. <laughs> but you don't look like a giant horse either, so you know, it swings and roundabouts. Yeah, it swings and roundabouts. Um, and I do think, I think I, I was going to still talk about the script in this film because it seems incredible. But uh, then I've looked it up and, and heard interviews and read interviews and stuff. 80% of it is is freestyle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which... It's just madness for a film. I mean, you, you often Crazy. get the comedies like Judd Apatow films, you know, are all freestyle. So um, I regularly refer back to it whenever we're talking about Ezra Miller because he's annoying as hell in this film. But Trainwreck is basically all freestyle. And there's a really funny Michael Cera kind of sex scene. Not Michael Cera. Um, John Cena um, sex scene that's all freestyled. And apparently he said it's shot and it took him like hours of doing this and he's basically butt naked until they got the right oh is that the aim that's the shoe yeah, yeah, yeah. that scene he's the best thing in that film that scene's hilarious um and you look at films like this and go shit it's it's more of a comedy freestyling film you know than than anything produced this year i'd say do you know what i mean it's probably the funniest film i've seen this year um which is uh, which is insane. I mean, Guardians 2 had some really genuinely funny moments, um, but it felt a little bit overplayed at times, whereas this just felt completely natural. And that's what you're saying about a director, Stu, that just the cast were clearly so comfortable in his presence. Uh, they just, he got the best out of all of them, to be honest. And I mean, 
harnessing all that, I, you know, Goldblum will turn up and do what Goldblum does because he's just that patchy crazy. <laughs> um, if you see any interview with him, he literally doesn't change. Well, he, that's the thing. The he's never he's his insane. character, is he? Jeff no, Goldblum no. plays Jeff Goldblum. You just it put is. him in a different costume. <laughs> <laughs> he just put him in a really. Do you know what? I've seen a lot of things said that they probably thought he just turned up in that costume and they rolled with it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that was probably his dress for the day and went. Oh, that looks good, actually. Let's let's use this, you know, because he's just so eccentric, man, and he's just so perfect in this film. Is he the brother or the cousin of um of the collector? Uh, brother, I think. Brother, yeah, and I mean, look at the two actors and how polar opposite they are. It's yeah, just so yeah. But it works, man. It so works. Yeah, very much. Um, you, uh, there's there's been so much press stuff that's been done. I can't remember That's, ever seeing yeah. a, a director playing and and riffing around with the main stars as much as as Take Away TT. You know, normally you might no. do the director separately and then you do the stars, but generally you've got like the three of them together and they're just taking the piss out of each other. You would really think that he was one of the cast, not that he's meant to be their boss, and you know he's the one that's in charge of a hundred and eighty million dollar film. He just yes. he doesn't look serious enough to be a director. <laughs> but imagine how much fun that must be to work for somebody who just puts you in a room oh. and goes, Right, yeah. I want you to have a conversation about you know, that the scene with um where they're talking uh, Thor and Hulk about being fire <laughs> and stuff like that. Imagine Raging how many fire. takes yeah. they've gone through and he's just gone, Right, I want you to just bounce off each other. They must have had so much fun coming up with how to do that rather than just sitting there and reading lines off a page and then reciting yeah. it word for word. You could word. feel how much fun Ruffalo was having in this role, you know, because I think he's been... You could he's see him holding the back laughter. Yeah. There was a few times I spotted him when he really looked like he wanted to burst out laughing. Yeah, yeah and he just he plays that... I've seen a little bit, right, and, and Stu, you probably um, disagree and I do as well, but I've seen a bit of criticism of Hulk for people that don't Fuck understand off. that kind of development. <laughs> Basically, just fuck off. He was absolutely brilliant. I thought he was incredible. I genuinely thought he was incredible. But he plays he plays almost a teenage group, doesn't he? He's almost adolescent male, all macho. Yeah. That kind of element to him. But, I mean, he looks, obviously, he looked incredible. The, the, the CGI. Advancement come, in CG is just insane. Yeah, it looked, yeah. It looks, it looked really good. And then their fight scene was just, I mean, the whole build-up of it, I mean, we can probably go through a little bit of some of the build-up to that, actually, um, in terms of the plot. Um, so, uh, I mean, the opening scene pretty much told you everything you needed to know about the film um, with a really, really funny cameo from Matt Damon. Um, oh, good. And, <laughs> and Loki just basically up to his usual, really. Um, I mean... Sam Neill as well. and yeah. Uh, Luke Hemsworth, Chris yeah. Hemsworth's brother, and Matt Damon. Yeah, it was, a, yeah, yeah. It was brilliant. Just Matt Damon loves the cameo, doesn't he? He absolutely loves the cameo. He's popped up the oh, yeah. things for five <laughs> minutes, and I just thought it was really clever because you kind of got that feel of Asgard and, and where it's like now and all peaceful and Surrey before basically hell breaks loose, you know. And it was an interesting thing. And then you got more of Doctor Strange, which was just great, to be honest. Um, I loved the interplay. Um, with Cumberbatch and, and and Hemsworth, and then the the brilliant kind of Loki falling for thirty minutes, 
um, the scene, <laughs> which I just thought was just brilliant. Um, and then you basically got obviously Odin playing out his days, really, um, and and ultimately passing on the mantle um, before Hela can then step in and and reign supreme. I mean, we saw in the trailer, Stu, that Moy. Oh God, you pronounce the hammer because I'll always get it wrong. Mjolnir. Yeah, I'll, I'll sound like Cap Dennings if I do it. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, it's destroyed within. Is it the first ten minutes? Fifteen minutes? It, I mean, it, it probably wasn't far off fifteen minutes. And no. one thing that a lot of people noticed they they changed the background in the original setting when when Hela breaks yes. the hammer. She breaks it in a, in a really sort of stony industrial looking place and it looked like she yeah, enjoyed it, it on Asgard mm. and then all of a sudden they decided that they wanted the scene to look a little bit more I don't know sort of in line with Odin's death so they, yeah, they changed I think it to this true. yeah that, probably, that, yeah, that field where was it in the middle of Norway or yeah, Norway or Norway, yeah. which is obviously quite fitting with the whole yeah. Viking mythology yeah. and shit and well, that, that, people, that was quite people joke well. about all that. Yeah, people joke about and, and this film has got a, one of those elements where people say, oh, yeah, it's just a comedy and there's no heart in it and stuff. Actually, the scenes in this, this film, and there was in Guardians as well, obviously, um, some pretty poignant scenes. I mean, the, the Odin's death is, is pretty, pretty heart-wrenching, to be honest, because he's been quite a prominent figure. I don't think he's had as much to do as you'd maybe have liked at times from an uh, you know actor of that caliber, but I, yeah, I, I found it quite quite shocking actually. It was. I I was more shocked that they killed him off so soon that they went yeah. really yeah. straight in, but they kind of had to, and arguably that that's one of the major pivotal points of Thor's arc is for for so long his dad was trying to prepare him to be the rightful king and to be to be less of the, the petulant child and more of the, the grown-up adult that he needs to be in order to be a good leader. And yeah. him dying kind of cements that within him. And obviously that the loss of Mjolnir does as well because for so long he's relied on his hammer and he's never really had to think too much about things because he's always had this incredible weapon that could pretty much do anything to anyone. So he never really had to rely on his, his cunning and his wits. And yeah. his arc overall, when he becomes the literal god of thunder by the end of the film, was brilliant to see. And they've perfectly placed that now for going into Infinity War because his power levels have just gone through the roof, which yeah. is obviously going to be handy when you come face to face with Thanos. Well, it is. Yeah, you would hope. Um but it's probably not going to be enough. That's the, the thing about Thanos, which is so interesting. And um, we'll probably touch upon a little bit when we talk about the, the post-credit um, in the film, which leads on to the kind of, uh, well, it, it leads on to the, the comic con or, you know, footage rather than maybe the release trailer at this stage. So it's interesting. Yeah. Like you said, Hammer loss is, is, is huge. And yeah, I thought it was my actually, favorite. Yeah, go for it, man. Oh, no, sorry. I was, I was going to say on that, um, it was kind of interesting when he's talking, to, when he meets back up with Hulk and he basically just kind of tells Hulk what he's missed. And he, and the first thing that he mentions is that he lost his hammer. 
not yeah. that his dad died. Yeah, <laughs> like the hammer is like the more the most important thing in his mind. Yeah, he's had a he's had a he's had a really busy couple of days. Yeah, he lost his hammer and and this happened and I got banished and yeah, it's it, um, it's, it's shades of Luis, isn't it, from Ant Man? It's shades of Luis. the van. Yeah, it's shades <laughs> of Luis, man. I felt a bit of Luis in that that kind of speech. And you feel a bit of Luis in the in the patter and the kind of you know approach in the dialogue in this film, um, which which is no can only thing, be a man. good thing because the whole MCU needs a load thing. more Luis. <laughs> yeah, who cares about Infinity Wars, man? Luis is back in Ant Man <laughs> next year. It's fine. No one cares. Ultimately, Luis is going to take down Thanos. I think that's with a story. Be the, yeah, just 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 going to nail it with a story, and the guy will just be shot. There you go. For <laughs> once, it's Rory making predictions that are never that is come a bold true. prediction. That's know, a serious it's a prediction, prediction. Yeah. It's it's gonna happen. Michael Pena's gonna rule the galaxy. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, I mean that obviously that opening moments you've got the scenes with Hella and then you know, I loved the way Kemp, Kate Blanchett looked in this film. I thought she looked really menacing but had that kind of cheeky element which the villains kind of do in this this kind of universe as such. Um but she's pretty dark, man. And there's some quite, like we're saying about the emotional scenes and we'll probably talk about the interaction with, with Tessa Thompson character, Valkyrie and Thor and, you know, obviously Hela and Valkyrie's kind of interactions when they have the flashbacks in the film. But she's, she's pretty badass. And again, one of the characters that people haven't said maybe got enough out of with her, but. I thought she she held her own as a as a really strong villain. Stu, you're you're the villain expert on this. Yeah, podcast, she, I would well, say. I, I don't know much of her, but I did some reading up before, and she's not a, a comic book adaptation of Hela. She's kind of a composite of three different characters that they've put together, and I think a lot of that is because they wanted to come up with a character that was going to suit Kate Blanchett as much as anything, and it would have been difficult for them to do the literal depiction of death without having a woman who's six foot four, which pretty much leads you down Gwendolyn Christie's path. I was about to say she's the only one that could she's do that. She's the only that, one right? I can yeah. think that, that would be, because she's supposed well, to probably, be. Probably Jeff Goldblum's hench woman question we asked about. She was pretty pretty yeah. intimidating, but she wouldn't lead a film. And lead a film. Kate, Kate yeah. Blanchett was brilliant. I, I'm, I would be very concerned by anyone that found any problems with her performance she i was, think they wanted more to work with with her she maybe was more terrifying more. she was also yeah. funny she definitely gave off the attitude of being a bit of a spoiled brat you know she oh, yeah. clearly had huge huge amount daddy of daddy issues, issues because <laughs> yeah. you know and it, and it was but that side of it that was a really good story you know where they they were they were marching throughout the nine realms and they were just taking I, everything yeah. over and then all of I a sudden, love the reveal on the ceiling, you know, the reveal. When that was they, brilliant. They kind of oh, yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden, Odin just turns his back on her because she's got a little bit murdery and a little bit out of control. And, you know, then she spends the next few millennia just locked away in, in hell. So it, it was... Yeah. And, and again, that, that's, that's a pretty dark thing for, for Marvel to do. Because the other Thor films have been a bit more slapstick, even with Loki. You know, Loki's yeah. been a bit of a you know murderous psychopath, but he's always done it with a smile on his face and a song in his heart. And she, <laughs> she was like genuinely well, when he took when he murdered Colson in Cold Blood, it was it was song in his heart moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you um, not see when that's he's the... escaping? He's got his tap shoes on. 
Yeah. <laughs> the Super knowing Tom Hiddleston, he probably would have a good go, would he, to be honest. Um, and he'd be fucking fabulous as well. Yeah, he would. Yeah, yeah he would be. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And I mean talking of villains, obviously, you know, Loki is also quite pivotal. Um, and brilliant. Simon, were you happy to have him back uh, in a full so role, happy. obviously? Yeah. Yeah. He's probably one of my favorite. He's one of, he's de- definitely up there in my favorite baddies now. I just think he's yeah. just fantastic. He's a great actor. He plays that role of going back and forth that you never really know if he's actually turned or not. And you yeah. can never, you can just never trust him. And, um, I, lo- I loved how he, how you, there's times when he didn't know if it was the, like, if it was actually, you know, him there or the, um, the way he can kind of uh, the hologram, the yeah. hologram himself, and how Thor had to kind of test that out by throwing stones at him <laughs> a few <Yeah>. times. <laughs> and when it probably led to my favourite line in the film when when Korg says "piss off, ghost," yeah. um, <laughs> which relates to that bit. And I literally, that's my favourite gift of the year, and probably my favourite line of the year. It's just hilarious. Um, <laughs> it's just piss off, ghost. And yeah, it, it, you don't trust Loki at any moment, but they have no. that great brotherly kind of relationship and, and interplay. And there's some great scenes, you know, where they both turn up with the, the, the machine guns. Um, as such, that's just <laughs> ace. And when they play the scene, when he says he doesn't want to do that scene again and he says, help, my brother is dying. And, and he literally oh, God, launches, yeah. launches him as a Let's human get projectile. Help. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can we do get Let's help? Do get help. <laughs> and he's, he's like, like, not, no, not no. again. Yeah. And he's always like the younger brother that's been pushed around and, you know, it, that's yeah. where that all comes from, you know, I guess. I think like the thing that I like about him is that I want him to turn and I want him to be better. And then you almost do kind of fall for his own, his, you know, you you're like, actually, maybe he has turned now. And you're like, Yes, and then you're like, ah, did it again. 
Well, but it's, he, I, he's and, definitely yeah. flip flopped again because it's been confirmed. Uh, he's been that he's, so many times, doesn't he? He's definitely on Team Thanos when it comes to Infinity oh, really? War. Yeah. So yeah, he's back I to think being Thanos a is he might flip again. back though. He could. He might I think flip he might back. go back. Yeah. He might go back and forth around five times. I'd say. He doesn't. He doesn't ever play. He plays what side fits him. I think yeah. at that given moment. Do you know what I mean? And he does care about his brother, and you can feel that kind of relationship. Yeah. There are some redeeming moments in this film, which, which you know, ultimately, you know, it's really likable. Again, one of my favourite comedic scenes, and he doesn't even speak, I don't think, is when Hulk bursts into the arena, um, and the look on Loki's face is just <laughs> yeah. absolutely priceless. Well, he's literally scared senseless because he knows, you know, what happens, and he's just, you know, he's giving it the full you know, celebration when Thor knocks him out, essentially, or feels like he's knocked him out because he just wants to, he wants Hulk to lose so badly because of how badly beaten up he was in that one moment in Avengers. That's just priceless. And he's already, you know, he's already basically become like a right-hand man to, to Goldblum. And he's I been like on the that, planet yeah. how that much longer? Do you know what I mean? He's been on the planet another week and he's basically exactly, and he's already wormed his way in. You know, I love that about him. Yeah, yeah, it's just him in a nutshell that he can just, if he gets someone's ear, he's in control, basically. You know, you just can't, he's just so persuasive. It's it's great. Stu, anything on Hiddleston, Loki? I, well, it's well known that I love him. He's he's easily one of the best things that, that Marvel have ever done. Yeah. Um, there's not really much else to add <laughs> other than... Um, I think he's when, one of the best Thor characters the they've Hulk, ever done, not just he, best villains. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, he is. He's definitely one of the best. Um, when when Thor points to Hulk, uh, tells Hulk, and he goes, "Look, Loki's here," and he points up at him, and Loki just kind of sinks into his chair, and you can hear his heart all clench at the sight of the Hulk. And he's obviously having flashbacks to when he's uh, thrown him around oh, Stark yeah. Tower. Yeah, um, I just he have also. To, uh... Yeah, he also has a great line when he says he's been falling for 30 minutes, which we said before, but yeah. the way he delivers that line is just perfect. And the story about the, um, <laughs> when he ter- talks about when he turned Thor into a snake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was oh, one of my favourite just... bits of the film. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, other characters, um, we can talk about Goldblum, we kind of have briefly, but he he's effortlessly cool as you'd expect Stu in this role I mean when you see him do this I couldn't imagine an, a single other actor playing that part um, I probably I'd, I might be able to think of someone if I had time but it, it needs to be somebody who's completely over the top really really eccentric yeah um, there's not many like him you know? no and, and he was another one where he was actively encouraged to improv a lot of his lines. He probably didn't bother to learn them, which is funny. I would imagine <laughs> just he, he probably didn't even like have any lines, I'd say. He was probably given a framework <laughs> and told, He'd probably you know, given a blank script and go, just yeah. come for the part, just <laughs> well, dress he, up whichever way you feel. Where you, look, them, you look at yeah. the scene where Thor comes in and he's strapped to the chair. He was yeah. probably told, you know, he's going to come in, we want you to ask him a few questions, Loki's going to come in, 
and probably that's it. And then the rest of it is just off the top of his head. Because when you've been around yeah, as long when as he it, has. When they talk about the death stick, you know, the stick that vaporizes people. Yeah, like, no, no, the no, no, we don't stick. need that. Yeah, the melt stick. We Jesus. don't need that this time. Don't, we don't always need the melt stick. Um, <laughs> again, you just felt like how improvised that kind of script is. And the planet itself, I just thought it looked really cool. It looked completely different again from what we've seen before. And this film visually, I mean, Stu, it's just something else, isn't it? I mean, it's Guardians on acid, really. Bits of this reminded me of the uh, the Transformers animated film. Nice. When, when they go to the planet um, planet of the Junkions. That's, I can feel that, yeah. It's, mm. it's like the very core cool version of the shit Walking Dead clan, isn't it? It's like, yeah. It's like the space version. Only, of only the... they speak in complete sentences. And they haven't got stupid fucking bowlhead haircuts. <laughs> but uh, yeah, as soon as you land on Sakaar, yeah. um, one of my favourite characters for the whole thing came in, and that was Valkyrie. Oh, I thought she man. was absolutely brilliant. And she it, I'm, absolutely I'm pleased to see nailed that, it. That, that Tessa yeah. Thompson, very soon after this, was added to the roster. I don't think she's in for Infinity War. I think she's, I think she's in for Gauntlet. Yeah. For whatever the, the fourth Avengers film I is. I reckon it is Gauntlet, unless they've decided to change the name. I think Zaldana completely dropped the ball on that it, one. It but... probably is, and it makes sense. I think, to be yeah. honest, they, they got the, the the naming wrong. This one should have been called Thanos Quest, because that's the comic that it's adapting. And then the next yeah. one should be Infinity War, because that's the book that it's adapting. But anyway. I think Thanos Quest sounds a little bit shit, yeah. to be honest. I don't think that would sell. I don't think it would well. work. No, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, it's it, you know when they're talking about Infinity Wars, they're talking about it being a heist movie. Do you know what I mean? He's on. He's going around trying to collect up all the all the stones. So um, <laughs> I'm quite intrigued how that's going to play out. But you know, mm. we've already done our ridiculously overreaction pod to the Infinity yeah. Wars two minute trailer, um, and I'm sure we'll do more again when we talk about films to come next year. Um, Te- Tessa Thompson had a list. really good arc in that because again, by the time we see her, she did. she's pretty much disgraced and she's given up and she's borderline alcoholic. But by the end of it, when she she throws her armor back on. She's every inch the Asgardian warrior, and she looked fantastic in the armor. She was very... my favorite scene oh, in terms yeah. of the, the scene to take away. You know, is is that scene when she's strutting up in that full armor? Yeah, um, that visually and her, when they're on the bifrost, just perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah and and that yeah. looked so much better than it did in the trailers. They they polished the CGI yeah, off so well. And, it was and... smooth, man. This film is really smooth and polished. Like you said, it didn't feel. You know, it felt gritty a little bit when it needed to, but it did. It was very, very polished. Um, yeah. And in any other kind of context, it might not have worked. It's just that it's so offbeat, it just felt bang on. And that, that's just one thing it, yeah. that Thor films have always got. They've always got the visual aspect, because Asgard itself is an incredible sight, especially when you've seen it in IMAX. You know, Asgard is this gigantic golden city. Yeah. And it's always looked great. It's just pretty much everything else that's then let it down. Whereas now they've finally got the script, the characters and the feeling to back up those visuals and the effects. And the effects in it have been absolutely incredible. As we said before, Hulk has never looked this good. It looks like they've somehow taken Ruffalo and hulked him up because he's got his face. But he's about two foot taller and what, about 500 pounds heavier. 
Yeah. And he, he looks Minimum. he looks so human and realistic. Korg looks like a real pile of walking stone. It's the, the 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 VFX in this are just so good. And this seems like a logical mm. time to just start talking about Korg. Yeah, I think let <laughs> let me and me and Sai talk a bit about Tess Thompson because Go on. um she she's she, lovely. she she probably stole the show. I mean her her character probably had the most emotional depth. Um visually she was just perfect in that role. And she had the best arc in terms of, you know I mean Thor's arc is incredible. I think Chris Helmsworth it's it's just it's just brilliant in this film. But um but I do think she took everybody by surprise. Definitely. Um, and you know, it's not a film that will ever get kind of nominations for things. And it's it's sad that it wouldn't because in my opinion it's it's a great great film but um but she's the one that i would look at and go yeah if you're talking best supporting actress or something if it was a maybe alternative oscars where they don't just do things that are just built for oscars um she's the kind of character and she's the kind of actress that really just kept you focused when there's a lot going on around her um and just fit the part so well in terms of the humor in terms of the emotion um in terms of the kind of connection she had with all the other characters, because she obviously had those close connections with Hulk, certainly with Thor, and their relationship is really intriguing. Um, yeah, it, it seems yeah. like what what they've done in terms of that they've they've not made it obvious, but she seems like a pretty good pair, a, a good love interest for Thor, because I always wanted them to mm. do Thor and Lady Sif, but with Jamie Alexander going missing, they, they've confirmed that because we saw the other Warriors three. And Lady yeah. Sif wasn't in the film because she's the leading blind spot on NBC. But because she wasn't in this, she's just presumed missing now. So in theory, they could bring her in. But there's probably no point now with the Warriors 3 dead because she'd just be on her own. And this seems, you know, if they're going to pair her with pair Thor with anyone, he needs to be with an Asgardian woman, someone who's as, as strong and as much of an ass kicker as he is. And she just destroyed everyone that came anywhere near her. You know, and, and she's the equivalent of like Asgardian special forces, isn't she? You know, the Valkyrie oh, yeah. were legendary warriors that people trembled in their boots at the sight of the Valkyrie. So almost a similar feel to the to the ladies that are in Black Panther, I would say, in yeah, terms of that kind similar of similar to like the you never know, when it comes to the fourth Avengers film, they could become like a kindred spirit. You know, she might be like, Oh, so there's actually, you know, female warriors on Earth as well when she meets the yeah. Dora Milaje. That's that's a really good parallel, mate. Look at you paying attention to things. Oh check me <laughs> out. Um Right, we'll pay attention to our guest. Um, what do you want to say about <laughs> Tessa Thompson, mate? Uh, it's not really too much to add. Yeah, I was very, very impressed with her. I think I might have fallen in love with her a little bit after yeah, watching that film. I think we all totally, totally my girlfriend doesn't listen to this now. It's all right. Yeah, you're you're in the room. I think she also feels that way as well, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> hey, who wouldn't, who wouldn't yeah. be attracted to a man named Hefty Horse on Twitter? I mean, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> um yeah i thought she was just i just thought it was really nice to see like a strong a strong character who yeah kind of she was quite unique as well how she was just just you could just tell she was on the big kind of like a dance wing and there was this whole back thing about her that you wanted to find out more and you just kind of get little bits at a time and then she just 
comes into her own. But she's not too... I, I never felt like she was trying to kind of take over. No, you know I agree I with mean? that. Which, which worked really well. It wasn't like she was trying to be like, oh, look at me, I'm I'm better than all these people and I want to be the best. Like it, was, it just worked. And she was great. And she, she was quite... She kind of had her moments of kind of of like comedy as well. And yeah. she was quite dark as well. Like it is it's a fairly dark past again. Like I think there is definitely a lot of darkness in the film. Um it's just when delivered you look in at a it, way you know, that... it's just done in such it's... a different way, yeah. isn't it? It's not too it's maybe it's just not so It's got a kind obvious. of like comedy element to yeah. it. Yeah. In that yeah. regard. It does. It has a darker edge to it. But ultimately because you're rooting for who you're rooting for and because Korg is in this film. <laughs> you don't really care about anything else. What a I find segue. Myself, I, well, I just find myself occasionally, when, when Stu mentioned Korg before, I was just smiling to myself, which I find utterly bizarre because, you know, I'm not on any kind of medication or like Stu and it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't work normally. But as, as characters go, I mean, Stroke of Genius Stu, Taika Waititi casting himself as... The, the breakout star of this film almost, which is mental. He's just a big pile of rocks. But I've never laughed so much at a character in in plenty, plenty of years, to be honest. Yeah, there was the scene that they did. Um, they released the bit where Thor's talking to Korg about the loss of his hammer. That, that was <laughs> debuted on, on someone like Jimmy Kimmel. I didn't actually believe that that was going to be in the film because it was too <laughs> funny and slapstick. I thought was. That, that was a little, you know, like um, Thor and, uh, was it Daryl, the guy who was living with on Earth? I thought it was like a little viral sort of behind-the-scenes yeah. shot of it. So when that actually came on in the cinema, I couldn't believe that, that they'd actually put that in where he's... You know, we oh, it's like you've lost a part of yourself, and trying to make it really deep and meaningful about his fucking hammer. Ah, <laughs> uh, just yeah. Yeah, but then what he says, and the, the hammer, the hammer pulled you off, bro. It, yeah. But the hammer pulled you off, and he's just like, no, 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 no. It's not what happened. It's not that the hammer pulled me off. Um, it's just because he said you rode the hammer. No, no, I didn't ride the hammer. <laughs> I kind of rode with the hammer. It pulled me away. I just kind of, I just kind of just, spun it around, and then you know, it makes me fly. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's trying to describe what it is to someone. It's just hilarious. Um, and I can just imagine those scenes. If people weren't in stitches watching that to play out, I just, I don't know on set how I would, if I wouldn't have been able to cope with that kind of humour, man. Well, especially um, that when you see what well, white people so wearing. Because he's wearing a full mocap suit, and then he's got this giant thing on his head. Because obviously people need to be looking about eight foot in the air, and he's only about five and a half foot tall. He's he's not a big man, and he looks no, like look, such a no. bugger wearing the mocap suit. I mean, at least when yes. Mark Ruffalo's doing it, he's just sort of normal. But yeah, I, I I would love to think that there was a meeting and they were talking about Korg. And they were oh. describing who he needed to be like, and he, and all of a sudden he just stood up from the table in his Hawaiian shirt and went, "This is the role I was born for. I was born <laughs> to play this character." Mm. And they're like, "What? You're going? You, no, you can't do this." He's like, "Fuck off! Yeah. I'm the director. I'm, I'm going to do gonna this. Be and I'm going to do 
a very strong Kiwi accent. Do you know what I mean? Like the kind of because it, it's I've heard him. It's if he wasn't Kiwi, purest... you'd think he was being a little bit over the top, a little bit racist. It's like he's dialed <laughs> yeah. up to eleven. Right. <laughs> it's like if I wanted to do a Kiwi accent, that's how it would come out sounding, and that's yeah. why I'm not going to do one because I'd possibly offend people. Yeah, I know, and and we have a couple of listeners from New Zealand, so I don't want to go that that far because New Spreads, it's a small country. Uh, we don't want to offend the whole. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll have a lawsuit against the whole of New Zealand. Um, I have to say, it's it's possibly my favorite my favorite accent of all time. It's yeah. such a funny accent. I don't know why. I mean, like I any film that any 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 film that he's made, he just has me cracking up. It's just so. He's funny. a very very funny man. He's a naturally yeah, very funny. Yeah, he's hilarious. Man. I, I um, would be surprised if he hasn't written himself now into the the Marvel big wigs good books. Oh, oh, yeah. they're, they're they're talking makes about it, making a fourth. Thor film. He, he talking wants about a Korg spin-off, man. That could be pretty good, yeah. Well, Waititi <laughs> wants to do another Thor film, and Chris Hemsworth yeah. wants to do another Thor film, so that's... I think the scope... That's from, good, yeah. I think yeah, that's all you need, that. isn't it? Because everything else falls in line once you've got your director yeah. and your main star. Because Tom couple Hiddleston will come back and do it. As well. I've got a couple of cold quotes because there's just so many. All I can hear now is piss off Ghost and him kicking the fucking wall. (laughs) Well, that's my favourite thing. It's probably my favourite thing. Um, But even the opening one, when he he meets him, he says, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Korg. I'm kind of the leader in here. I'm made of rocks, as you can see, but don't let that intimidate you. You don't need to be afraid unless you're made of scissors. Just a little <laughs> rock, paper, scissors joke for you. I mean, if anyone said that, and the way I read it with my accent, that sounds really unfunny. But because you can picture his Kiwi accent doing it in that way, it just works, man. It's just it's just hilarious. Um, I forgot any more. Don't know if I do. We talked about the the hammer pulling him off, which is just genius. The bit at um, the end when uh, when meat up, when, when he, he thinks, thinks he's, he's made he's dead, dead. Yeah. and he's just been carrying his carcass round for hours and hours on end. <laughs> he just <laughs> wakes <laughs> up. I can't remember what he says, but he's just something like he's like, oh, oh, he's alive, or oh, he's okay. He's like, uh, yeah, he's like asking oh, him this is well, where he's this from. Is Korg says, when Asgard's completely in bits, he says, the damage is not too bad. As long as the foundation is still strong, we can rebuild this place. It'll become a haven for all peoples and aliens of this universe. And then Asgard explodes and he says, ah, now those foundations are gone. Sorry. Isn't that the way the the film ends it? Pretty much. It it, it ends on like a core joke. Yeah, it pretty much does. Yeah. And I kind of love that because another one. Go on. <laughs> he, he, he says, uh, Meek, where are you from? Oh, Meek's dead. I stepped on him during the fight on the bridge and I've been feeling so guilty. I've been carrying him around with me ever since. Oh, wait, Meek's alive. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just, do you know what I've seen for months and I could just watch it over and over and over again. I've wanted to watch it so much since it came out and just haven't watched it since. But when it comes out on Blu-ray or whatever, I don't think it's... It's the kind of film that will replace Scott Pilgrim in film when I need cheering up. Do you know what I mean? It's just... It's just two hours of pure perfection, in my opinion. And in terms of films of this year, 
there's been some really good releases and I've, I was mm. kind of trying to do a top 10 um, and I'm not doing it until I've seen The Disaster Artist and The Oh, that's Jedi. great. It's, it's yeah. very good. Is it? Yeah, because it'll yeah. probably make my top 10, but I don't think it'll top this. And then Last Jedi, I think I might secretly love, but I was, I've just suddenly kind of come around to the hype on it. Um, but I'm not sure they're going to outdo this film. And I think only kind of maybe Blade Runner and Logan's. Logan as well, yeah. Um, but this film, honestly, it's not just about comic books. It's not just about anything. This film is one of my favorite films of recent years. Or if not, I reckon after a few more watches of all time. And people think that's mental. But I've never enjoyed a film. You know, I went along with my little boy and he didn't get all of it. Um, but he got most of it and he loved it. And I can see why, do you know what I mean? Cause it's so visual, but then it's really funny and, and it's really clever and it's just, it's just different. It, it felt entirely different. And for a film where everyone says, oh, it's like Guardians, this, it's Guardians, that, it's not. It felt for me just mm. almost completely original. I, I, I don't think I've seen a film quite like this before. And, and that's why it's so special when you've got some big films come out this year and this just stands apart for me. It really is that good. Yeah. I, I, I can't argue with that. I, it's been a good year for comic films. It's been a yeah, very, been. very good year. Yeah, bar one big film. It's been a great year. Yeah, bar one for them. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even need oh, to say what it is. Can you can you come on when we do Justice League? Because I'm gonna get yeah, it. sure, yeah, on. yeah, yeah. I can I'd do love it. You yeah. to come on. I'd love yeah. you to come on, and so and Stu can have one on his side, and I'll have one on my okay. side. I don't need anyone on my side. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be really aggressive on that podcast. I kind of, yep. we almost fell out on Twitter, didn't we, the other day? No, you had a hissy first. fit and got sand in your yeah. vagina. Uh, well, <laughs> essentially, yeah, it's essentially what happened. Um, you were trying to gang up on me with random people on Twitter. Oh, Jason Roberts is a very nice man. Um, he would never gang up on me. But, you know, um, it's a strange film that divided people. And I kind of like that it's done that, Justice League. But... This film, let's be honest, universally, I've not known anyone say a bad word about it that's seen it. And everyone, critics, fans, the, the numbers are mad, like we said. Do you know what I mean? It really is. It's been a wholehearted success. And I, I, I cannot believe it's grossed like over 800 that, million. That, no, that I can't either. staggering. For a, I don't for know a... what Hunt for the Wilder People did, right? But his last film, Stu, have you seen it on Netflix? Have a guess. I know, you should definitely man. watch it. It's, it's, you it's you very should watch good. it. It's um, really good. Because it's him. And it, its budget was two it's... and a half million and it made 23 million. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's the kind of film that it's very Taika, as you'd expect. Um, but the kid in it, Julian Dennison, who plays Ricky, is hilarious and he's going to be in Deadpool 2. Um, oh, is he? Oh, that's yeah. brilliant. I didn't know um, that. Yeah, which I thought is great. And I think it yeah. really is, Stu, a film you'd like. It's completely bizarre, but if you give it uh, 90 minutes, two hours of your life, you, you will really enjoy it. Um, and it just, you go from that to this. I mean, you couldn't get more polar opposites. That's the most small independent film going that's a big success from last year. And then you, you come to making one of the biggest grossing superhero films. It's absolutely madness. I mean, it's just genius direction and it's getting that cast given their full potential really i mean everyone in this like we said just absolutely nails it um you'd be hard pushed to think that this isn't going to open a lot of doors for him as well for uh, yeah yeah, i mean no one everyone's gonna go 
just give give him whatever he wants to make, and he'll make an incredible film. I think you know. Yeah, I think James Gunn's the same, and and there's other directors that just they just Marvel think, gives directors yeah. creative license at the minute to to really make special films, and Fox did it with um, James Mangold when he made Logan, and it's it's nice to see. Same with Deadpool, obviously. You know, it's nice to see directors getting their vision rather than it being a little bit forced and and i think that really does help the film process and it seems to help the actors because talking about the films that we've had out and and how much we've got out of these actors in recent films and you know i don't think hugh jackman's delivered a much better performance in his career than logan if he has at all no. and he's been up for oscars and all sorts in other other roles um and you know Hemsworth has done nothing like this. I, I think Tessa Thompson's done nothing of this kind of nature. And no, she she's done just, a lot of period dramas, hasn't she, and stuff like yeah. that. I think she was in Westworld as well. Yeah, she was. But she she was only really had a very good small role. Yeah, she yeah. Was there's good a in few it, yeah. characters that popped up. We talked about the guy in in Westworld that was in um, Punisher recently. Um, so it's interesting these kind of crossovers. So you know, the villain in the Punisher, one of the villains, um, was in Westworld. So it's 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 weird, man. It, it, it a lot of these actors are just kind of doing the scenes in the right kind of roles now, and people are, I don't know, man. They've got some good agents anyway. They keep picking the right things. Um, I I would Stuart, like to see them give him another another Marvel franchise to do as well. It, it, yeah, even me if too, he, man. Even if he Where would you tour, pick him? Who, I want to see. What film I would you see pick? A, that Spider-Man film, to be honest. Oh I yeah, that would be good. Film. I could see him. I would like to see him do maybe a spin-off of Spider-Man, maybe Miles Morales or someone like that, where it's a little mm. bit younger and he could be a little bit, bit quirky as well. Yeah. But yeah, that that's that's a good question. Who who could he do? Because it needs to be somebody now. It's not good. At, yeah, you can't see Captain Marvel because it's going to be played out in a very different way, I think. Yeah. Um, that, that's going to be too serious because yeah, she, I think she's so. got a very serious backstory. It could be interesting if they ever got the rights, if he did something with X-Men. Yeah, that's yeah, scope pretty with cool. Yeah, that's yeah, a good the scope with X Men. Um, or the scope. I don't know. Even he make a good Fantastic Four film because someone. Yeah, yeah. Things, you know what I mean, yeah. There's a load of scope, and that's the thing. Means to maybe we'll pod um, about it as a reaction if this Disney Fox deal does go ahead, which I think it will. It seems, it seems too pretty. Much. Like, it sounds like right. it's a matter of when. Not yeah. yeah, it might well be in the new year by this stage. It's pretty exciting anyway. I suggested to Rory. Yeah, Disney wouldn't do a Deadpool R-rated. I'm like, well, maybe they would. You they might do it, yeah. You know, they do things that are pushing boundaries, and they do know that their audience is not just a typical Star Wars fan or a typical comic book fan or a typical animation you know, how, fan. How many films are we now different. into the MCU? With what is this, 16 films in? They know what works and what doesn't work now. They know yeah. better than anyone. If if they were to turn around and say, "Oh, we're doing a Deadpool three, and it's going to be yeah. rated 15, they know instantly people are going to slag it off. And the one thing Marvel don't want is people slagging them off. So and no, Ryan Reynolds not... as well, you know, he won't. I I I think he'd probably actually walk if oh, they didn't would. do what he wanted. So yeah, I exactly. think you know he might be the person to kind of take them over the line with it. Uh, yeah, completely agree. Stu, um, does this rank highly? How highly would this rank in your your order? It's hard to say because the order very often changes apart from one it and does. two, which is still um, Civil War and Winter Soldier. It is, could... that still your, is that your one and two? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't see them changing until Infinity <clears throat> War comes out when I'm, I'm hoping that everything gets 
shifted I down one, Infinity but War will Ragnarok do that. could could be a top five. It's comfortably top ten, possibly top five. I'm yeah. still not sure whether I preferred this or Homecoming. Because mm. like Homecoming was, was really something else. Homecoming was different and it did feel fresh. Um, and it was nice that Spider-Man, again, another character getting probably the kind of, you know, rebirth that they deserved, you know what I mean? And the kind of standalone film that, that's really been needed for a long time. But I think this was different, man. I, I, you know, I think this was, was just new. This felt different, you know, and, and I think Homecoming had those elements, but not as many. I felt like there's a story that's been told a little bit before. So, what do you think, Simon? Where would it be for you? It's hard to say. I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I loved Spider-Man so much. I mean, he's probably my favorite in the world. I mean, he's like ever since I was a kid, it's always been Spider-Man has always been my yeah. favorite. So, and I I didn't mind the first. I didn't mind Spider-Man one and two, but the rest of the films are so bad that it was just. I was just over the moon to actually have a proper, well-made Spider-Man film. It's definitely top five, but I don't really have a yeah. top two still. It kind of bounces about the place. I think it creeps into my... Yeah, I think it creeps into my top five. It might even like, make third. I really do love it. Yeah. I, I have to watch it a few times again. Um, I've watched Guardians so many times. See, um, that that's the thing. I, I can't rank that's them need, just yeah. one view, and you need a few to No, no, no. I know, you do. You do. Like, I, I think just, I, I need yeah. to... Um, yeah, I think I need to watch Dr. Dr. Strange again, because that was almost an instant top five for me when I first saw it, but now yeah. it's kind of got pushed down a bit. See, I, so I, I was thinking the exact same thing before, because I'm off for two weeks over Christmas, but in January, I'm going to start watching one Marvel film every week. With the and view being the, it, it builds. It builds up to the uh, release of Infinity War. Yeah, yeah just, just a shame that you won't get to watch Infinity Wars on the week. It's actually released. Oh, no. will you? I found out of all the fucking cruel things. I'm going to America <laughs> on my honeymoon. Oh, I'm in America when Infinity War comes out in the UK, but then when I'm back <laughs> in the UK, it gets released in America. So I'm not going to see it for the first week. I've already had to speak to Tom, the guy that I go to the cinema with, and tell him that I won't have a hissy fit if he goes without me. But he says he doesn't want to cheat on me and go on his own. He's so going to go. God. He's not, he's he's not going to go, go more than twice. You. He'll go at least twice. He might not go a third time. But he might not because he's got a baby, so he doesn't get to go out and play that often. So. I don't think it matters. I think I'd it's going to be... Go, yeah, I, I'd, take like I'd take the baby. I'd take the baby. Put it this way. the baby in. If he wasn't here, I'd go. I'd go on my own. <laughs> hey, I'm going to be going. I'm just going to be abandoning work, my children, my wife. I'm just going to be living at a cinema and take a camp bed. Yeah, I mean, Ali Thompson, uh, one of our wonderful um, guests and regular listeners from day one, said he might venture all the way down from, I think he lives in the north of Scotland. I think he's in Persia or somewhere like up that way. And <laughs> comes to Manchester to watch it, which I just thought is incredible. That'd be cool, so, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, we're all going to have to watch it uh, and do a massive reaction to it, Stu. I think we get clips from everyone who's been on the show like before an, and just do reactions to it because it's going to go absolutely Like an mental. Avengers podcast. Yeah. Like an AI yeah, Avengers. Like literally have the AI Avengers. Yeah, I like that. We're gonna do that and get Harinda to do the artwork. Um <laughs> Right. Um anything else to cover or are we happy 
Um, I just want to go and watch it again after I've watched watch when, when we're done, I'm going to open up various streaming <laughs> websites and see if I can find you it. Might get one, yeah. yeah, just link, link me in. The only, because if I can, I, I think time, I'm watching yeah. it tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I only I have one tiny thing to add, which is just a small thing. I don't know if anyone else picked up on it. When we first get introduced to Jeff Goldblum, the music in the background is pure imagination from Willy Wonka. Oh, it is. Wonka. Yeah, Willy Wonka. I yeah. think he's a definite, massive influence on that kind of. That's a person who might have been able to actually play him if yeah. he was alive, Gene Wilder. Yeah, that's my, yeah, I can that's feel terrible. that. Yeah. yeah, that's it. No, I can oh, feel Gene Wilder had that kind of yeah. crazy eccentric edge to him, um, but kind of borderline between psychotic and. Good. It was yeah. A, yeah. I mean, I definitely he's, think he Jeff Cobham is crazy. He's just oh, insane. He's, he's living the dream, though, man. I, I mean, know. Guy's sixty-five years old. He's got a toddler, which is mental. Oh, really? And he's got yes, oh, and he has Jesus. a wife who's in her thirties, oh, yeah. yeah, who's a contortionist <laughs> and dancer. I mean, the guy. That sounds crazy, but when you put it in with Jeff Goldblum, it actually when makes you put so it in with Goldblum, you just and he plays piano as well. He plays concert piano at the Vegas 65? show. Sixty-five. I know he looks amazing for sixty-five. Jesus Christ! I know. <laughs> I know he's I know. been. Um, I don't know if you saw. He's going to be in Jurassic World too. Yes, I saw it in the which trailer. Is, which is um, the only, which is now I'm actually really excited. I was kind of like, oh, this looks awful. But yeah, after hearing that, know. it's kind of... Do you see Goldblum? It's third Jurassic Park. Like, right, I'll watch it. I don't yeah. care anymore. Do you know what I mean? Um, he's Anything also in a film, the Wes Jurassic Anderson Park film, film that has got to have Ian Malcolm in it. it yeah. Every yeah. single one has got to have him in. Even if all he does is just wear that, you know, his leather pants. That leather jacket. Yeah. Oh, and just sit there that look. just looking swag. I don't, didn't he lose an arm or a leg and what... And, um, he got a really Jurassic bad injury on his leg, but I don't think happened? he lost it. No, I don't, so I don't really it. remember. He was he was running. I he... saw you going about tell me that Jeff Goldblum is the coolest amputee of all time. Then I just in the way you were going. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, didn't he lose an arm in, a, in the film? I he was, was like, running yeah, away from the T Rex, wasn't he? Being yeah, a dickhead, waving the flare, happened. and the T Rex ran oh, alongside him. When he tried to be clever with the flare, and he went and launched him into one of the hooks and the kids broke his leg. He was trying to show off to the girl. Yeah. It's always the way. Um, right. We will leave you. Thank you very much for all the, I don't know, loads of interactions lately, Stu. You were getting quite emotional by all. And it's, it's been really nice. We're two years and counting, I think, give or take. Yeah. Yesterday was um, our two year anniversary. And, and considering we've fallen out on social media, we still come on and do these podcasts. There's a love-hate relationship. I mean, we can't be within, is it about two miles of each other? Is that the legal distance these days? Well, my restraining order says you're not allowed within 500 yards of me. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. I, mine's a bit further than that. You know, I won't <laughs> leave near my children. Or, oh, no, I'm not even allowed in the same fucking postcode. Oh, exactly. But it's okay. I don't yeah. want to come up to Stockport. <laughs> so you live in Salford, man. Don't even try. I live in the nice um, part that's not on fire, although there is a smackhead <laughs> rehabilitation centre across the road. <laughs> I'm not even joking, there really is. <laughs> um, lovely. Um, so, yeah, honestly, mate, it's been, sorry, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Thank you very much for your very continued support. I know you, you, you're big on, on the box and, and do this and... I don't know if you've been on movie night yet. Have you done Joe? No, Simpsons? not yet. No. Okay. That's, we'll make that happen as well, obviously. Yeah. And yeah, man, I know you love everything entertainment and big LFC fan. Yeah. Thanks very much for coming on. Um, 
we will have other new guests. There's loads of people lined up that means to have been talking to, which is great. Um, and hopefully Sam will come back on and we'll make just a league bash, yeah. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever works, man, and, and we'll just make more Father Ted references, and I'll just yeah. be happy. Um, <laughs> do a Father Ted podcast if anyone wants to do it. Oh, for that. mate, um, I don't know Gags even knows what Father Ted is. It's got cocaine um, in it. What do, no, what do you call them? Raisins. <laughs> That's um, my yeah, let's just Father do our Ted own Father Ted. We, we yeah. say it's a comic pod, but we'll just do Father Ted. <laughs> I could just talk about the Father Ted Christmas episode when they're stuck in the laundry room oh, for days and days and days. Actually, I think I'm going to go and watch that episode now. Oh, I mate, hear you're a racist now, Father. <laughs> um, right, there's the racist way. Irish accent there, just <laughs> making a little entrance at the end. It's, it's just throw it in there. Do you know what? Yeah. To, to not to get through, literally, I mean, he dropped the C bomb within 12 seconds, but to get to the end of the pod <laughs> and there'd just be one racial connotation. Didn't even do a Kiwi accent. I mean, Jesus Christ. No, the thing um, is, if I try and do that, I was going to offend the Kiwis and the South Africans, so that'd be a two for one. <laughs> And at you least probably half think of our, Australian in there as well. At least Ireland half of our listeners are from South yeah. Africa, so we really can't afford it. We've got at <laughs> least five or six people from South Africa, so if we lose them... We do. We have contributors from South Africa. I mean, our two, two our main contributors, and they just literally... I mean, I don't know how Marco keeps coming back, though. We just blame him for everything. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> Hashtag just... blame Marco. Exactly. It, it's an actual thing. It is. It is. Right. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Um, we went a little bit off kilter, as always, because we are improv sure. as much as a Taika Waititi film. We will catch up with you soon when we, oh, dare I say it, talk about Justice League. Um, it's going to be a very awkward conversation. And then we will talk about films for next year, which will be a very happy conversation because we get yeah. to talk about more Infinity Wars. Um so yeah, thanks very much for tuning in. Uh, your continued support and everything. Just everything. Thanks very much. Take care. Speak to you soon. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.